Two L.A. Sheriff's Department police officers are gravely wounded in an assassination attempt. The NFL's virtue signaling continues on matters of race. And California officials try to blame global warming for their own incompetence. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. You have a right to privacy protected at expressvpn.com. Slash ben. Well, before we get to all of the breaking news, and there is plenty of breaking news, let's talk about a simple fact. If you're not protecting your online data, you are not doing it right. You need to protect your online data. Well, why should you care about encrypting your online data? Well, it's often easy for a hacker to bypass Wi-Fi security and steal your information, which is why I use ExpressVPN to stay secure online. And it's hard to know whether your device or your network is vulnerable. If you ever use a Wi-Fi in a public place, you're sending data over an open network, meaning no encryption at all. The best way to ensure your data is encrypted and can't be read by hackers, check out ExpressVPN the way that I do. It's really easy. You just download the ExpressVPN app on your computer or smartphone. You tap one button to secure 100% of your network data, and then you use the internet the way you normally would. ExpressVPN is incredibly reliable. It is the fastest VPN service I have tried. So if you want the best in online security and privacy protection, head on over to expressvpn.com slash Ben for three extra months with a one-year package. Protect your internet today with the VPN I trust to keep my data safe. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Ben to get started. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Again, expressvpn.com slash Ben. Get three extra months free with a one-year package. Go check them out right now. They're the people I trust, you should trust them as well. Okay, so over the weekend, we saw this horrific event in Compton, which, of course, is one of the most crime-ridden areas of Los Angeles, has been for decades at this point, in which a man walked up to police to a police vehicle and essentially attempted to murder two police officers. I mean, that, that's, that's all this is. I mean, the police officers shot point-blank range in the face, and then protesters tried to block the hospital. I mean, here is the story via Fox News. Protesters reportedly shouting slogans like death to the police showed up to the L.A. area hospital treating two law enforcement officers who were ambushed and shot on Saturday. The L.A. County sheriffs said to the protesters blocking the entrance and exit of the hospital emergency room yelling, we hope they die. Referring to two L.A. sheriffs ambushed today in Compton, do not block emergency entries and exits to the hospital. People's lives are at stake when ambulances can't get through. OK, here is uh, the basic rule here. If, in fact, you block an ambulance trying to get into a hospital because you are a human piece of debris, the ambulance should just run you over. OK, if you you have like a second to get out of the way, if you if you are purposefully putting yourself in front of an ambulance that is attempting to ship somebody who is injured and requires life saving medical attention and you block the ambulance, they should just assume that you don't care about your life because obviously you don't. You don't care about the person's life inside of the ambulance. You don't get to block ambulances. A local faith leader who's at the hospital told the KBC reporter the protesters tried to then break into the emergency room. Here's one of the local faith leaders explaining to ABC7 and KBC exactly what these quote-unquote protesters were saying as they unloaded the gurneys with the near corpses of two L.A. sheriff's deputies, one of whom was a 31-year-old mother and the other of whom was a 24-year-old rookie. They were saying death to the police, kill, uh, kill the police, and, and they were um, using all type of uh, uh, curse words and, and derogatory terms about the police, uh, just, just provoking our police officers. Unacceptable behavior because the hospital should be a sanctuary where, where you know, we, we should leave hospitals alone. Okay, well, yes, leave hospitals alone. How about this? How about don't be a piece of crap who celebrates the, the attempted murder of two police officers. Again, the video is absolutely insane. It was taken by security footage nearby. 
And you can see what appears to be a, a young, I mean, I assume this is a, it looks like a, a person who is minority, but it's, it's kind of far away, but you can see sort of the color. A person walks up to the, to the cop car and takes two shots inside the car uh, and uh, shoots the jaw off of the female police officer who then had to call for medical attention. The reaction by people nearby is absolutely insane and confirms a simple fact. When you spend years promulgating the lie that the police are systemically racist and out to harm black people, and then the result is that people run around shooting cops, taking pot shots at cops, resisting arrest, spray painting businesses with all cops are bad, ACAB, that is a predictable result of the philosophy that the police are systemically racist. There have been times in American history where the police are in fact systemically racist. And the way that you can tell they are systemically racist is because you can name the actual system of racism. You can point out the policy they are implementing. You can point out the police practices that are in fact racist. But when you label something systemically racist without naming the practice, without naming the law, without explaining how the process produces the racism, you just say that they're racists just out there in the air, then anybody who's complicit with that system is part of the racism. And if anybody who is part of the system is a racist, well, then all cops are bad by nature. That is the logical endpoint of a philosophy that suggests that the police are systemically racist without requiring you to present any evidence other than disparity, because not all disparity is discrimination. It is not. And well, the predictable result of that is people were literally celebrating in the streets after two officers were nearly murdered in Compton. Here is a video of one of these uh, pieces of crap celebrating the celebrating the shooting. Just aired the police out. They just aired the police out. This the only it go up and count. Them just got aired out, cuz. They just bust on them, cuz. That's crazy. They just got aired out. Somebody ran up on the car and bust on it right through the window in the face and on. How, how delightful. How delightful. What a, what a wonderful culture we've created in this country with regard to the police officers. How, how, how incredible. How incredible. And there was video of protesters attempting to enter the hospital grounds, as we say. People attempting to break into the hospital, presumably to prevent medical attention from being performed on the police officers who literally were just sitting there. Okay, this was not even a case where the police were in some sort of confrontation with a criminal suspect. The police were literally just sitting there in their car and they were assassinated. Right? Thank God they're not dead. They were in critical condition. I believe they're out of surgery at this point. But uh, people are trying to break into the hospital. It's really, really charming. We are out here at St. Francis Hospital where two of America's most notorious gang members have been brought to. Uh, We're going to go up here and uh, just check on uh, these murderers right here. We're down here. Excuse me? No, we're coming to visit someone. No, you're not. We can't go visit nobody? You can once we confirm who it is, but there's no visitation allowed anyway, so you got to go. All right, y'all, you see what's happening right here, right? They got uh, these pigs out here. Okay, literally this guy's describing these uh, these police officers as pigs. Uh, They are all women of minority descent. Right, you can see it in the video. These are all, it doesn't matter because they understand from the philosophy of all cops are bad and the cops are systemically racist. Once you join the cops, you are no longer black. You're no longer Hispanic. Your status as a person of color is now called into question because after all, you have joined the system of oppression. Saying over and over and over again that a system is systemically racist, again, without evidence, without naming the policy that needs to be changed, without explaining which officers are bad or which people in charge are the problem. Doing that implicates everybody who is involved in that system. There is no excuse 
for this sort of immoral behavior. Yet this has become a Democratic talking point. It has. This doesn't mean that Democrats are responsible for people going and shooting cops. It doesn't. I've never been of the belief system that if you say something that is not an explicit call for violence and then someone goes and performs violence, this is your fault. But if we are worried about raising the temperature, if we are worried about the way that words are used by people in order to justify their actions, and if you are worried about a rising tide of crime and anti-police sentiment, and then you forward that sort of thing, then you are complicit in the broader message. And the broader message is a lie. It is bad. And it does incentivize people to violence. So does that mean that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are responsible for what happened in Compton? No, it doesn't mean they're responsible for what happened in Compton any more than Bernie Sanders is responsible for what happened at the congressional baseball game or any more than Donald Trump has been blamed for what happened at the El Paso Walmart. Right? That's not the way this works. If you haven't explicitly called for violence, you're not to blame. But if you do not bring down the temperature and if you promulgate lies that result in police officers being targeted, maybe you ought to examine your own ideology. Maybe you ought to examine your own garbage philosophy because this is garbage, okay? It is garbage to suggest that the police, broadly speaking, across the United States are systemically racist. The evidence to that effect is zero. It is zero. There is no evidence that the police are systemically racist. Even if you want to make the claim that the police are systemically too brutal, that they use excessive police force too much, that is a problem of police brutality. That would not necessarily be a problem of racism. In fact, in these major American cities, most major American cities that have a heavy minority population, the police force is plurality or majority minority. But that doesn't matter. Again, once you are implicated in the quote unquote system, then you are part of the racist system. This, is, this all is the, the predictable result of the Imbram X. Kendi, Robin DiAngelo, reca- Stokely Carmichael recasting of racism from you have to identify a person who judges people on the basis of race or a policy that segregates people on the basis of race or separates people or treats people differently on the basis of race to a philosophy of racism that suggests that any system that results in a disparity of outcome is itself racist and anybody complicit in that system is a racist as well by definition. The result of that is all cops are bad. You cannot philosophically separate the police are systemically racist when you won't name the racist policy or the racist person from all cops are bad because who's the good person working within the racist system? Who's the good person? It isn't the minority police chiefs, who, by the way, have been resigning en masse. We have the minority police chief in Seattle, out. We have the minority police chief in Dallas, out. We have the minority police chief in Rochester, out. And this sort of stuff is happening all across the country. And as we'll see, people have been willing to overlook the fact that the police have been systemically targeted across the country by BLM. They have. And BLM does not give a damn about the facts. They don't care about the facts of any individual case. They're not interested in alleviating police brutality. They're not. They're interested in a narrative. The narrative is that all, all cops are bad. That is, the, that is the BLM slogan. Okay, to pretend anything else, that doesn't mean everybody marching with BLM knew that was the slogan. But to separate off all cops are bad from the BLM messaging is a lie. And the way you can tell it's a lie is because it doesn't matter what the situation is. BLM will provoke protests and riots based on any situation whatsoever involving a police officer and a minority suspect. It doesn't matter what the circumstances surrounding it are. We'll talk about this more in just one second. First, let's cool down for a second. Let's talk about how you can make your house look better. So you're spending more time than ever in your house. If you're on the West Coast right now, you have to spend time in your house. You literally cannot go outside. The way that it works on the West Coast is because of COVID, you're not allowed to go outdoors to another place. Like you can't go to a restaurant or museum or anything. And then you can't go outside outside because the air quality is terrible. So you're in your house all day long staring at those ugly blinds. Well, now that you're staring at those ugly blinds, now that I've told you about that, maybe you want to replace those ugly blinds with something much nicer blinds.com. They make it simple. 
to shop top quality blinds, shades, interior shutters from homes with easy online ordering and free shipping. The experts at blinds.com understand that window treatments are one of the household items you just don't think about. They can make a huge impact on the look and feel of your home. But you don't need to do a full renovation. By simply changing what is on your windows, you can change the way light comes into your home and create a totally different feel. Go to blinds.com. Just take a look at all the options like faux wood blinds, cellular and roller shades, even outdoor shades. If you're nervous about trying them, there really is no need to be. Blinds.com has helped millions of homeowners throughout the process. Plus, they guarantee the perfect fit, whether you do it yourself or have them measure and install everything for you. Go right now. See how much you can save at blinds.com. We've been using blinds.com for years. We have made our house look so much better. We had like some really old leftover blinds when we bought our house and then we replaced it with blinds.com. Really has upgraded our feel. When you check out online, don't forget to tell them you heard about blinds.com from the Ben Shapiro show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Again, check them out, blinds.com. See how much you can save when you go to blinds.com and at checkout, mention that you heard it on the Ben Shapiro show. Okay, so the, the situation in Compton, unfortunately, is not... A, uh, is not a an outlier. What we've seen, according to ABC News, okay, remember, this, these are mainstream media sources. They're not coming from right-wing sources. As of July 22nd, okay, so July 22nd is several months ago, police officers who had been killed this year surged 28%, 28%. This is according to ABC News, July 22nd. Okay, so now we're going back approximately two full months. For having gotten a taste for public service while in the U.S. Coast Guard, said ABC News, Jonathan Shoup joined the police force looking for a career he was passionate about after managing delivery teams for Amazon for nearly five years, his brother said. For 405 days, the 32-year-old Shoup, according to his brother, lived what he realized was his calling in life as a member of the Bothell, Washington Police Department. He became the 32nd U.S. law enforcement officer shot to death this year on July 13th, marking a 28% jump in felonious officer deaths over the same period in 2019. We have seen a serious jump in the murder of police officers over the course of the year, particularly since the George Floyd protests began. As of September 11th, 37 law enforcement officers have been reportedly feloniously killed in 2020. That is an an increase, uh, a pretty significant increase. 33 law enforcement officers were killed total in, uh, were non-feloniously killed in 2020. Uh, 29, or, or accidentally killed in uh, 2020. This is according to the FBI. Eight were victims of an ambush, entrapment and premeditation. Two were victims of an unprovoked attack. Uh, so just good stuff happening all across the country. In totality, by the way, more than 700 police officers were injured in the George Floyd protests across the United States. Okay, that was just as, as of early June. June 8th, 2020, New York Post. More than 700 officers injured in George Floyd protests across the United States, which probably means that thousands of officers have now been injured across the country. And you can just see it in the headlines, right? You can see in Chicago, July 21st, 49 police officers injured. August 15th, 2020, Chicago, 17 police officers injured. June 2nd, 2020, LA, 20 police officers injured. July 26th, 2020, LA, four police officers injured. July 5th, 2020, Portland, several officers injured. August 20th, 2020, Portland, Two officers were injured after mortars were used. July 15th, 2020, three police officers were injured. Serious head injuries. The chief of the department had broken fingers. August 9th, 2020, Newsbreak reported more than 100 officers were injured in protests. So we're talking about thousands of police officers over the last couple of months who have been injured in, or, or and, and a few dozen killed connected with the rise in crime that we've seen across the country. Now, not all those police officers who were killed were killed as a result directly of BLM or the riots. But when you lead to an upswing in crime, 
And when you continue to say over and over and over that the cops are racist, there is a predictable result to that. There is, in fact, a predictable result to that. So how have Democrats dealt with all of this? Well, they've continued to maintain the narrative, of course. So Eric Garcetti, the L.A. mayor, he said these attacks are abhorrent. You'll, you'll notice something in the Democratic response to this. They'll say the attacks are abhorrent. At no point will they say our police are not systemically racist. At no point will they actually defend the cops. That's just not a thing they will bother to do. They're not going to bother defending the police officers. Instead, they'll make vague statements about how violence is bad. Now, I'm old enough to remember when this was considered insufficient. I'm old enough to remember when it was considered absolutely insufficient to suggest that all violence was bad. You had to ideologically condemn the philosophy that lay behind violence. This was, in fact, what Joe Biden said was his leading cause in life after Charlottesville. But it turns out that if you're Joe Biden, you can simply elide the philosophy of the people who are doing the, the, the assassination attempts and the widespread rioting and the looting. You can simply elide it simply by pretending that all, I covered it under the rubric of all violence is bad, which is pretty astonishing stuff. We're going to get to the Democratic response to this in just one second. First, let's talk about how time consuming and challenging hiring can be. When Daily Wire was small, it was hard enough. Now that Daily Wire is very large, it is very, very difficult to find the right person for our position because we really need to do a lot of pre-selection. Well, what helps us with that pre-selection? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter will send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then actively invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter makes hiring efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and an all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. If you're looking to hire somebody or if you're looking to get hired, ZipRecruiter is indispensable. Like, let's say that you had a producer, let's call him Nick for the sake of argument, who just randomly decided to take two weeks off to go hunting wolves in the woods in the middle of a wildfire or something. You might think, well, you could probably find somebody better to be a producer than a person who goes and whittles in the woods in the middle of a wildfire. And then you might check out ZipRecruiter right now. Try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. Go check them out right now. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Okay, so how have Democrats responded to this latest assassination attempt? So Eric Garcetti, the L.A. mayor, right, who's in charge of the police department, here is his response. There's no place in civilized society for anybody to draw an arm and to shoot our law enforcement officers that put their lives on the line. And I won't ever let a couple voices uh, that not only are uncalled for, but it's abhorrent to say something like that when we have two deputies who are sheriff deputies in grave condition. This is a country in which that sort of behavior is unacceptable, abhorrent. And we do pray that these folks will recover. And I hope that everybody listening today will unify around that. OK, well, they should, that's at least better than what Joe Biden had to say. Right? Notice he still won't say anything about BLM. But here is the Joe Biden Kamala Harris statement. You ready for this? Because kind of long. Jill and I were devastated to learn of the cold-blooded shooting of two L.A. County deputies yesterday, as well as the horrific death of Deputy Ryan Hendricks, a Marine veteran and police officer killed in the line of duty in Henderson County, North Carolina. These attacks are absolutely unconscionable. They bring only greater violence, injustice, and grief to a nation in desperate need of healing. Oh, only greater violence, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, that, that, ah, yes, I see. Brave officers who pin on the shield carry a sacred responsibility and make an extraordinary sacrifice. Just as they owe it to the American people to protect and serve with honor, restraint, and accountability, Americans owe it to them to lessen the needless danger of their inherently dangerous jobs. Acts of lawlessness and violence directed against police officers are unacceptable, outrageous, and entirely counterproductive to the pursuit of greater peace and justice in America. Right, this is, this is Biden and Harris trying to prop up the systemic police racism narrative at the same time that they mourn the shooting of these police officers. 
right? It's, it's making it, it's more difficult for us to affect change when people are shooting police officers. You see, it's not, it's bad that people shoot people. And it's also bad that you're, and that you're attempting to block our ability to create change within police departments. At no point here, says Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, at no point will they say we need to stop calling our police systemically racist. At no point will they say that because that is their narrative. Instead, the big problem here, politically speaking, is not people who keep claiming that the police are a bunch of racists and that the system is inherently racist and that anybody who joins up with that system is inherently racist. At no point will they stop making that claim. Instead, what they will do is they will say, yeah, but if you shoot the cops, it makes it hard for us to really make the argument about how the police need systemic change. Jill and I are keeping these deputies and their loved ones in our hearts and are praying for a full recovery for the two LA deputies now fighting for their lives. Now, this sort of language, of course, is nothing new. You know, way back when, during the Obama administration, there were six Dallas police officers who were murdered by a person associated with the Black Lives Matter movement. They were shot in cold blood in Dallas. And the president of the United States also poo-pooed the association with Black Lives Matter ideology, of course. Because again, the narrative matters far more than the actual consequences of the narrative. If you keep saying, saying over and over and over, for the final time, if you keep saying over and over and over that police departments across the country are systemically racist, and then you can't name a policy that you would change, in fact, you block any attempt at political change. Not only that, but whenever there's an incident involving the police, you chalk it up to police racism, even when it is obviously not police racism. When you do all of that, what you are actively suggesting is that anyone who works with the police is complicit in systemic racism and therefore bears guilt for the systemically racist system. That is the claim that you are making. And in fact, this is the claim that Joe Biden has repeatedly made. Right? Joe Biden has made that claim over and over and over. That doesn't mean that he's responsible for cops getting shot. It does mean that he is responsible for forwarding a movement that does drive people toward an anti-police perspective, the fringes of which will be violent. That is what that means. And by the way, undercuts the policing in areas that actually need policing. What we've seen in Minneapolis is that criminals are just not being arrested. You're going to see the same thing in LA, in DC, in New York, and the predictable increase in crime is going to fall largely in minority high crime areas. This is backed by science, by the way. Roland Fryer has done studies suggesting that when there's a high-profile police-involved shooting in any city, immediately following that, there's a tremendous rise in murder in those cities, and those murders disproportionately affect minority communities. Okay, the Democrats know exactly what they're doing at this point. The narrative matters more than human life. The narrative matters more than the truth about the police. The narrative matters more than anything because they can make political hay out of it by saying over and over and over that the system is racist. Okay, here is Joe Biden, June 10th saying absolutely there's systemic racism in law enforcement. Do you believe there is systemic racism in law enforcement? Absolutely. But it's not just in law enforcement, it's across the board. It's in housing, it's in education, it's in everything we do. It's real, it's genuine, it's serious. Look, not all law enforcement officers are racist. My Lord, there's some really good, good cops out there. But the way in which it works right now, we've seen too many examples of it. Okay, that, that, that is the most useless statement in the world. Sure, there are some good cops, but the system itself is bad. Okay, this is the precise polar opposite of the truth, which is that there are some good cops, there are some bad cops, but the system overall is good. If you say the system overall is good and there are some bad cops, that means we can target the bad cops for removal. If there are some good cops, but the system overall is bad, that means the minute you pin on that shield, the minute that you put on the blue uniform, you are now part of the bad system. Okay, this is the difference between saying that there is an entire system. Uh, there's an entire Nazi system out there. And there are a few good Germans in that Nazi system. But overall, the system's really bad. And saying, 
well, you know, today, you know, in Germany, there are probably some neo-Nazis out there, but entirely the German society is not Nazi anymore. Oh, that's the difference. There's a polar opposite difference in how you're approaching the problem. And each system of the ideas have consequences. Ideas have consequences. Hey, Joe Biden has maintained this perspective for a long time. He said, same weekend, June 10th, he said, for too long, black Americans have lived with a knee on their neck, a knee on their neck. And then he, uh, and then he talks about systemic racism. And then I, I mentioned last week, he put, out a, he put out an ad that begins by suggesting that black Americans wake up every day believing they are in danger of losing their lives due to their skin color. This was a Biden ad put out last week. And then you are shocked when the police end up targeted. In minority communities, you end up shocked by this. Here's, here's the Biden-Harris ad. Why in this nation do black Americans wake up knowing that they could lose their life in the course of just living their life. Part of the point of freedom is to be free from brutality, from injustice, from racism. Now is the time for racial justice. I believe with every fiber in my being. Black Americans should not wake up in America believing they are in existential danger of being murdered because they're not. They are not. They're not factually in existential danger of being murdered in the United States and certainly not by the police. Certainly not by the police. Okay, but once you back the narrative, you got to go all the way. And that's what BLM does. This is why BLM is a scurrilous movement. Because BLM does not care about the fact. BLM is not interested in distinguishing individual instances of racism or even in identifying racist policy. All they're interested in is tearing down systems. I'm going to show you proof positive of this in one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you got a lot of credit card debt, you can't let that debt continue to rack up. You just cannot do it. Instead, if you're a responsible person, you got to consolidate that credit card debt and you got to get that rate down so you can pay it off. This is why you need Lightstream. Lightstream's fixed rate credit card consolidation loans start at 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with absolutely no fees. The application is 100% online. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees, and that's exactly what they deliver. People love Lightstream. Here's what one customer had to say. I heard about Lightstream on this podcast. I was able to look on the website, get clear information. The application process was quick and easy. Listen, I've seen people's lives destroyed because they rack up the credit card debt and then they cannot get out of it because they fail to consolidate that debt and lower the rate. I mean, once you get 20% interest rates, you're dead, right? So instead, you should really check out Lightstream. My listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount when you go to lightstream.com slash Shapiro. That is L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash Shapiro. Subject to credit approval rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change that notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Shapiro for more information. That is lightstream.com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Okay, so does BLM actually care about black lives? Overall, the answer is unfortunately no. Because if they cared about black lives, what they would understand is that you need the cops in high crime areas to rid those areas of crime. But BLM doesn't care about black lives. BLM doesn't care about cops. BLM cares about narrative. The narrative is America's evil. And America's police are evil. And this is why you see this continuous press forward. This is like, I got to be honest with you. Conservatives are bewildered, bewildered. And by the way, most rational people should be bewildered by the attempt by BLM to lump in every single police civilian interaction as an element of systemic racism, no matter the circumstance. It's insane. It's insane. Like there are instances of police brutality and apparent racism. If you want to look at apparent racism, the Ahmed Arbery case in which allegedly one of the suspects said the N-word, that would be a case of apparent racism, right? I mean, that's it. That's a case with some evidence to it. Somebody has testified to that. Okay, the Walter Scott case in South Carolina in which a black man was shot in the back by a police officer who planted a gun. That is at the very least 
horrific police brutality for which the guy is serving a first degree murder charge and maybe racism. I'm not sure about the racism aspect of the case because I don't know the evidence of the case with regard to racism. Okay, follow the evidence where it goes. And if the evidence supports a particular charge of racism or brutality, then we should talk about the racism or brutality in that particular charge. But instead, you have to understand, the fact must be secondary to the narrative in the case of BLM. Every case must be treated the same because every evil, every evil by an individual is a result of the racist system. It's an attempt to remove responsibility from minority Americans who are committing crimes by suggesting the system is indubitably and always responsible for those crimes. And the police who go to deal with those crimes are indubitably part of a systemically racist system no matter what they do. Literally, no matter what they do. Perfect example last night in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So last night in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, there was a suspect. Okay, the suspect in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, apparently was a Hispanic man. And he charged police officers with a knife. Here's the Lancaster County District Attorney's Office. Okay, here's their description. Then we're going to play you the tape, okay, because they have body cam footage. The Lancaster County District Attorney's Office is investigating a police-involved shooting Sunday afternoon that resulted in the death of a man. Lancaster City Police responded to a home in the 300 block of Laurel Street about 4.15 p.m. for a reported domestic disturbance. On scene, a Lancaster City Police officer fired at a 27-year-old man who was armed with a knife. The man, identified as Ricardo Munoz, was killed and pronounced dead at the scene. The Lancaster County DA's office investigates all officer-involved shootings in Lancaster County to determine if force used by police was justified and if a crime occurred. The Lancaster County detectives are continuing to investigate, and DA Heather Adams will make a final determination on the use of force upon completion of the investigation. However, we would like to release some information based on a preliminary investigation, which included review of footage from the firing officer's body camera. The footage shows that when the officer gets in front of a residence in the 300 block of Laurel Street, Munoz immediately engages from inside and runs toward the officer, brandishing a knife above his head in clear view in a threatening manner. The officer then fired. No one else was struck by the gunfire. Here is the actual body cam footage. Okay, here comes the suspect. He is charging out the door. The officer attempts to retreat. He attempts to retreat. And Munoz is coming at him with the knife over his head, charging him. Charging him. As it turns out, by the way, this, uh, this particular suspect also happens to have been charged with four counts of aggravated assault just a couple of years ago. In fact, on Mo Monday, March 4th, 2019, apparently this guy was charged with stabbing people. He was holding a knife. Apparently he saw the officers and held the knife to his own throat. The officers gave commands for him to drop the knife. He didn't comply. He then attempted to climb over a handrail toward the front of a residence, and then they had to use a taser on him, and then they took him into custody. Apparently, there were, there, there were three adults who'd been injured by this guy involved in stabbing and slashing. And so this is, called, this is the definition of a justified shooting, right? This is the definition of a justified police shooting. Did it matter? Of course it didn't matter. There were riots in Lancaster last night. Protests and riots, people smashing police cars, and the police allowing it to happen, by the way. The police allowing these pathetic specimens of humanity to break apart, smash windows, break the police car. Okay, the, the headlines by the media's culpability in this is insane. Here is the headline from, from NBCPhiladelphia.com. You ready for the headline in this? Man shot and killed by police in Lancaster. Wow. Conveying zero of the actual relevant information. How about man charging officers while brandishing a knife shot and killed in Lancaster? Oh, but that would actually dissuade people from rioting, you mean, you see. And so the, the protesters gathered in Lancaster, it was protests, protests gathered in Lancaster. 
except for the fact that uh, people started smashing things and uh, and gathering to do go. property damage. Never mind. The police were forced to use tear gas. The protesters built uh, barricades out of trash cans and street signs. They damaged the post office, so apparently uh, they are very against mail-in balloting as well. According to Priscilla Liguri, reporting for ABC 27, more than 100 people protested in the city last night. Crews have spent the morning cleaning up glass bottles and bricks scattered across the streets. The Lancaster police station has a broken door and windows. So, well done, everybody. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what the facts of the case are. It doesn't matter what the facts of the case are. Okay, which is the definition of people who don't care about truth. If you don't care about the facts of the case, you don't care about truth. You just don't. All you care about is the narrative. One of the chief factors, one of the chief people in pushing narrative above facts would be Benjamin Crump, who's been the attorney for nearly every heavily covered race-based crime case of the last seven years in the United States, going all the way back to the Trayvon Martin case in which he represented the Trayvon Martin family. Benjamin Crump has an ugly habit of simply lying about things that are happening. It's really, really bad. Okay, because this is picked up by the media and then treated by people as the true narrative. So on Friday, the family of George Floyd via Benjamin Crump pushed back against accusations levied against George Floyd in court on Friday after lawyers claimed he had taken drugs prior to his fatal encounter with Minneapolis police in May. Defense attorneys for the four officers charged in Floyd's death claimed he'd swallowed fentanyl before his arrest. Okay, now they don't have to claim it. It's in the autopsy. In the, every autopsy of George Floyd, every single one has shown he had enough fentanyl in him to kill a horse. He had a lot of fentanyl in him. In fact, medically speaking, it is highly probable that George Floyd did not die from the compression to his neck. It is highly probable that he died instead from the overdose of fentanyl that caused excited delirium, which is an actual medical condition in which basically you kind of go crazy and then your heart stops. And that is also likely what happened in this case with uh, Daniel Prude up in Rochester, New York. Excited delirium is an actual real medical condition. When you take very heavy doses of serious drugs, it does happen. There have been medical articles about it. I've read them on the air. That doesn't mean that excessive force wasn't used with George Floyd. It does mean it's going to be very hard to get a first or second degree murder conviction in that particular case. Okay, but the family of George Floyd goes even further. They say he didn't even have drugs in his system. Ben Crump accused the defense team of blaming the dead a legal maneuver that flies in the face of what we see with our own eyes on video. Here is, uh, here is what Crump said. The only overdose that killed George Floyd was an overdose of excessive force and racism by the Minneapolis Police Department. George was lucid, cooperative, obeyed commands, and had situational awareness when he died. The world witnessed his asphyxiation on video, and now defense counsel is asking us to disbelieve our own eyes. Um, I'm sorry, but no. The video shows him not being compliant with police officers. The video shows him, in fact, bucking police officers, asking to be taken out of the car and put on the ground, refusing to get in the car. The video shows that there were other people in the car with him who complied with police officers and were not even arrested. The facts of the case do not matter. They do not matter. This is why it's almost a fool's errand to engage in discussions of the facts of the case, because for people on the BLM side, they actively do not care about the facts of the case. They actively dislike facts of cases. Facts of cases cut against what they are trying to promote, which would actually be solution-oriented because BLM is not solution-oriented. BLM is problem-oriented because the only solution they will stand for is tearing down the entire system. Okay, Benjamin, again, Benjamin Crump has been doing this for a long time. Here's what Benjamin Crump said about Michael Brown. Michael Brown, there were two independent state investigations in the state of Missouri with Michael Brown. There's a federal investigation by the Obama DOJ. All of them found that the shooting of Michael Brown was justified, that he reached into the officer's car, a police officer's car, Darren Wilson, reached into his car, fired a gun, ran away from the cop, turned around, charged the cop before he was shot. 
Here's what Benjamin Crump said about Michael Brown at the time. Quote, that Michael Brown would be chased and shot. And then when he puts up his hands that the police who are supposed to protect him repeatedly shoot him. Okay, here is, here is Benjamin Crump on Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake was, quote, breaking up a fight between two women. He was not breaking up a fight between two women. He went to the house of a woman who had previously alleged digital rape with a child in the room. And then he resisted arrest. And then he went, apparently, for a knife in his car on the floorboards of the driver's side. But the facts don't matter. All that matters is the narrative, which is why we have now seen repeated riots over cases that are completely uncontroversial as to the justifiability of the shooting. We saw a a complete riot in Chicago based on an absolute lie as to something that happened. Supposedly, an unarmed young black man was shot. He was armed. We've seen this happen over and over because the BLM narrative is that the police, no matter what, no matter what, it doesn't matter what the antecedent is, the conclusion is the same in the sentence. Blank happened, thus the police are systemically racist. Okay, you're going to have to choose a side here. The Democrats have chosen their side. By the way, choosing a side to be on the side of police does not mean you're on the side of bad police. It doesn't mean you're on their side of, of police brutality. It means that you're on the side of the police who are defending you from the bad guys every single day, that you judge each case independently, that you look at the circumstances of the case, but you got to choose. You can be on the side of the criminals, you can be on the side of the cops. The Democrats have chosen. They are on the side of the criminals. This is perfectly obvious. As they continue to release rioters and looters, as they continue to try to bail them out, 13 members of the Biden campaign bailed out rioters in Minneapolis, as they continue to claim over and over that the police are systemically racist, but Black Lives Matter is a wonderful movement in favor of change. Change they can't specify, by the way, and a program they can't articulate beyond abolishing the police. You get to choose two. Are you on the side of the people who cheer when cops get shot, or are you on the side of the cops? Are you on the side of the people who suggest that all police are elements, mere widgets in a criminally racist system? Or are you on the side of those police officers who are serving and protecting in the line of duty? You have to choose now. You have to choose. We didn't have to choose when we were talking about specific problems with specific solutions. But when you name the police as systemically racist and then the police start getting shot, well, now you're going to have to make some choices, aren't you? You can either side with the Jacob Blakes of the world, the alleged rapists. You can visit their families and talk about how proud you are of them. Or you can side with the cops who have to capture these people and prevent them from raping black women, by the way. The alleged victim in that case is a black woman. You get to choose. This is your choice too. And in just a second, we're going to see how the media have biased this choice because the media are absolutely irresponsible in disgusting, disgusting ways. We're going to get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that it is not a great time for you to go to the auto parts store. In fact, it's never a great time to go to the auto parts store. You know, it's great. The internet. I'm a big fan. Internet, great. It allows you to buy products that you need at a price you want. RockAuto.com is no exception. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? The RockAuto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car is going to need. Check them out at rockauto.com. It just doesn't make sense to waste time and money by going to an auto parts store when you can stay home and get the lowest price with the exact part. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Shapiro in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. Okay, we're going to get into the media's willingness to 
completely obscure the facts of these particular cases, to obscure the choice that Americans are being asked to make in just one second. First, if you watch this podcast on YouTube, you should know on September 28th, it will be moving from the Daily Wire channel to be available exclusively on my YouTube channel, the Ben Shapiro YouTube channel. You can get the link in the description below. I'm also making a lot of new content you can only find on my channel. And what we're doing, for example, all sorts of new videos. There's a personality test that I did where you can actually see how my personality breaks down, my reaction to Batman trailers and all the rest. Like all my video basically is now showing up on the Ben Shapiro YouTube channel. So if you watch this over the Daily Wire YouTube channel right now, pause what you're doing, go to the Ben Shapiro YouTube channel and click subscribe, ring the bell to make sure that you never miss out on a new video. Also, now would be a great time to go pick up a copy of my new book, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. Uh, Mark Levin uh, on the Levin uh, TV, well, actually on, on Mark Levin's show, uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin over on Fox News. It was featured again over the weekend, charged up the, the bestseller charts again. Go check it out. It is worth the read. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All right. So the media, of course, have an interest in lying about this. If you look at the headlines over and over and over in every single case, they just lie. And this goes all the way back, frankly, to Trayvon Martin, when the media decided that George Zimmerman was a white Hispanic and that he had not been injured in any altercation with Trayvon Martin. They suggested he was lying about the physical altercation. Then it turned out he was not lying. The media, unfortunately, have a stake in lying in nearly every one of these circumstances. They don't wait for the facts to come out. They don't wait for it. They just rush forward with whatever narrative is convenient for them. Well, part of the narrative is that the police are systemically racist. Another part of the narrative is that the riots and the violence that we've been seeing is non-ideological in nature. That what we've instead been watching is basically an even split between right-wing and left-wing violence when it comes to this major uptick in violence in American cities, the rioting and the looting that has shut down major American cities. So one of the, the case that they've been pushing more than any case else is the Kyle Rittenhouse case, right? Rittenhouse was a 17-year-old who joined up with a militia to go and quote-unquote defend property in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay, now, while he was there, he was apparently charged by people wielding guns. He, uh, he at one point shot a man in a parking lot after somebody fired a gun in the air. And then he was charged by somebody. He shot one guy to death. Then he was running away and he was being charged by two other guys, one of whom jumped on top of him, tried to beat him up with a skateboard and another guy who approached him with a gun. And I can see in this still photo, the man approaching him with a gun. In his right hand is a pistol. That pistol is pointed at Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse shoots him in the arm. The reason I bring this up is because, I mean, here is a closer up photo. You can see the man gripping his arm and you can see in his right hand is a pistol. Okay, now here is the way that this was covered. The way that this was covered by the media, the media malfeasance here is so astonishingly open. The, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel ran about the wounded man. This headline, quote, I walked away with my life that night. Wounded Kenosha medic Gage Grosskreutz tells his story. He's a wounded medic, is he? Because the way that normally medics approach people is with brandishing a gun directly pointed at them. That's normally how medics approach people. Then he was featured on CNN as a victim. And he's wearing a hat that says paramedic. Oh, okay. He's wearing a hat that says paramedic. So just to be straight, the good, the good guys, according to the media, in these circumstances are people who attempt to block hospitals while ambulances with deathly wounded officers are inside. Those are the people associated with BLM. They're nice people. And also people who attempt to rush 17-year-olds who happen to have a, who have a rifle, right? Rush them with pistols in an attempt to shoot them. Those are the good guys. They're paramed He's a paramedic, guys. Here was CNN covering this over the weekend. I walked away with my life that night. Two people didn't. 
Gage Grosskreutz is the only person to survive of the three people shot during protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I think about the screams, about the gunshots. Um, I think about everything all the time. I'm missing 90% of my bicep. I'm in constant pain, like excruciating pain, pain that just doesn't go away. He he is the he is he's just a paramedic, guys. He's just a, that that video of him, you know, the, the actual picture of him holding the pistol that doesn't exist. He was there trying to provide medical attention with a pistol. That's typically what what people do. Okay, all of this has the predictable result of getting the American people to believe things that are not true. So there's a Fox News poll talking about Kenosha and Portland. Okay, here's here's what the poll says. In general, which better describes the unrest happening in New York, Kenosha, Portland, and other places? Protests or riots? Okay, about half of respondents say riots, about 40% say protests. When violence breaks out at these events, who do you think is more often to blame? Left-wing radicals or right-wing radicals? 39% left-wing radicals. 33% right-wing radicals. 9% both. 17% don't know. Well done, media. Truly, well done. Well done, because you have accomplished your goal, which is to completely obscure who is to blame for what's been happening in America's major cities. Really, I'm impressed. I'm impressed at the ability of the media to push this. They've done an incredible job. Also, you know, I was talking yesterday with a friend about exactly how this has happened, how the media has continued to maintain so much power in promulgating false narratives. And there are a couple of factors. One, you know, the media have been overwhelmingly left for, for a long time, obviously, and they are adept at, at getting their message out. But something else has happened. And that is, I remember back to 2004, during the election between George W. Bush and, and John Kerry, Dan Rather, at the very end of the election, put out this apparently falsified letter suggesting that George W. Bush had gone AWOL, right? It was this last minute surprise, and it turned out to backfire completely on the media because the letter was made up. That, that George W. Bush had gone AWOL back when he was in the Air National Guard during Vietnam. And I remember at the time, there were right-wing commentators who said that because Dan Rather had been stopped, that the death of the old media was at hand, that the dominance, the tsunami wave effect of the old media had been broken. And I remember thinking that seems a little bit like triumphalism, that the media still have enormous power to push a narrative. But the media did something else. And it's not just the media, the left. They started using cultural mechanisms in order to push political messages. So it was true that the media diversified, right? Daily Wire is an extraordinarily large site. This podcast, this radio show are, are very, very large. People listen to them, right? The right wing does have its own ecosystem in getting information out there. And the information is, in fact, out there. And that's good. But whole, the, the left had held in abeyance a bunch of cultural institutions that they had not fully activated. All of those cultural institutions are now fully activated. And you will be cudgeled into submission by all of these cultural institutions if you don't buy the message that the news media are promulgating. If you don't buy into the narrative, that all the violence that's happening has no ideological cause and that only violence that can be attributable to right-wing supremacists or white supremacists or armed right-wing militias, as Joe Biden likes to call them, that only that violence can be pegged to an ideology. But violence that has to do with congressional baseball shooting and, and people claiming that they are Bernie Sanders acolytes or Dallas police officers being murdered by people who claim allegiance to BLM or police officers being shot point blank in L.A., and BLM protesters attempting to block the hospital. The, the non-ideological nature of all of that kind of violence has been pushed by the news media. And if you don't believe it, if you don't believe it and you don't repeat it, then our cultural institutions will be brought to bear. And that's why it matters what our cultural institutions do. Because that does shape how people think. 
It used to be that there was a, a certain area of American life that was reserved for politics, and that's where we all argued with each other and got very passionate about politics. And then there were areas of American life that were kind of reserved not for politics. And that didn't mean people in those areas couldn't speak freely. They absolutely could. But when you turned on a football game, for example, what you watched typically was football, not social justice messaging that cudgeled you into a particular belief system. Well, the left has now activated every element of its fully armed and operational battle system. And that means every element, every cultural element from Hollywood, which now is going to require that Oscar nominees have a certain level of diversity implicit in either their plots or their staffing. to the NFL, which now insists that you mimic the messages they want you to mimic. Otherwise, you're a racist. So over the weekend, the entire NFL decided to virtue signal about Black Lives Matter and to suggest that America is systemically racist. The same America that gives a largely minority league incredible amounts of attention, time, respect, and money is apparently systemically racist and needs to be lectured on their systemic racism every time they turn on a football game. And in fact, if you don't go far enough in pledging fealty to this, if you try to separate football in any way from the politics, you will be cudgeled. Chris Collinsworth pledged fealty to this and he got canceled. Chris Collinsworth is the NBC broadcaster and uh, he was broadcasting the Kansas City Chiefs Houston Texans kickoff last week. And he delivered a message about the NFL's social justice initiatives. And he talked about how he was in favor of everything they were doing, but he added an unfortunate line that got him canceled. Here was what that sounded like. I feel like I have to start off by saying I stand behind these players 100%. 100%. What they're trying to do is create positive change in this country that, frankly, is long, long overdue. So let's just get that out of the way and go call a football game. Okay, it's that last line. Let's get that out of the way and go call a football game. Pissed people off. Pissed people off. And also, Al Michaels, who's sitting there and doesn't say anything, he apparently is canceled as well. See, here's the thing. Once you give in to the woke culture, the, the demands never stop. And that's what everybody on the cultural left knows. Right? This is not merely a question of political left. It is now cultural left. Every, every aspect of American society that the left controls will now be weaponized in favor of narratives that are patently untrue, like the police are systemically racist and America puts black people at existential threat and America is a discriminatory, horrible place that is rooted in slavery and bigotry. Right? These are the messages that will be promulgated by every area of American life. So over the weekend, as I mentioned, the NFL decided to go full SJW. Shockingly, the ratings were down. Who could have believed it? Okay, here is according to the Associated Press. Jason Myers kicked off to start the Seahawks season opener against the Falcons and the ball sailed through the end zone for a touchback. No one moved a step. Instead, the players all dropped to one knee. After years of pleading with the NFL to act against systemic racism, they were willing to wait another 10 seconds to make their point. Teams opening this year in empty stadiums knelt, locked arms, raised fists in protest or stayed off the field entirely for the Star Spangled Banner and the Black Anthem lift every voice and sing on Sunday as the once reluctant league brought racial injustice to the forefront on the NFL's first full slate of games. So first of all, the, the idea that there needs to be a separate Black National Anthem cuts directly against the idea that we're supposed to be a unified polity. There's not a Jewish National Anthem. There's not a Hispanic National Anthem. There's one National Anthem. It's the National Anthem. If you want to say that this is an important song for black Americans, that's fine. To call it a black national anthem suggests that there is a black nation that is separate from the United States of America, which is, patent, which, which is just not true, nor ought it to be true if you wish for us to be a common polity. In Atlanta, the teams wore armbands honoring civil rights leader John Lewis and staged the most striking of the day's gestures. They barely flinched as the opening kickoff landed beyond the end line, took a knee, and remained there for about 10 seconds before trotting off the field to resume the game. It's a start, Falcons running back Todd Gurley said after the game. Are we going to keep doing this? 
You don't want to make it a one-time thing, just like having a good time, and then the rest of the season, you do nothing. The Falcons also wore shirts with the John Lewis quote, the vote is the most powerful nonviolent change engine you have in a democratic society. And that's what the Falcons and Seahawks did before the game. Everybody voted and said, we're going to come together as a unit. So, so basically, this is now a Democratic Party get out the vote effort is, is what this has become. Shocker, because no systemic changes in the offing. Right? Remember, the NBA, LeBron James tried to lead a walkout. It failed. Right? He had to come back. And their big development, what they got out of the owners was, we will now use our stadiums. We will now use our athletic arenas in order to host voting. So it's just a giant Democratic get out the vote effort. No actual policy change. Well done, everybody. While fans were absent everywhere except Jacksonville because of the coronavirus pandemic, the the Minnesota Vikings hosted the family of George Floyd, who died in May in a videotaped killing that sparked national protests over police brutality against black people. Vikings players locked arms in the end zone about a half hour before their game against Green Bay for Lift Every Voice, which was played before each game in week one, along with the national anthem as part of the NFL's social awakening. At least six Vikings knelt during the Star-Spangled Banner, something coach Mike Zimmer had opposed. About 10 of George Floyd's relatives were shown on the stadium video board from their perch in the upper concourse near the Jalhorn. The symbol from Norse mythology, which gave the Vikings their name, has been sounded before every game since 2007. On Sunday, the team said it remained silent to call attention to these silenced voices and collectively work toward a better, more just society. Which voices have been uh, silenced exactly? I've been noticing 15 to 26 million protesters across the country. Which voices have been silenced exactly? The Packers remained in their locker room for both songs following the lead of the Miami Dolphins. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, and Arizona Cardinals also remained in their locker rooms for both songs. Colts coach Frank Reich dropped to one knee. His players noticed. Frank is the leader of the team. He's the one who says, you know it starts with me, Indianapolis linebacker Darius Leonard said. That definitely means a lot, and that's why we stand behind Coach Frank. He stands behind us. We all stand together. So all of the auspices of social justice will be brought to bear via our cultural institutions. Now, the hilarious part of all of this, of course, is that it's never going to be enough. Once you bend the knee, then Joffrey comes. The social justice warrior movement, the woke culture, is not a forgiving culture in which you earn your way into paradise. The woke culture is King Joffrey. And once you bend the knee, the head is the next thing to fall. Okay, once you bend the knee as a corporate entity, there will be no end to the demand. Case in point, Former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick blasted the NFL on the league's opening on Sunday, calling the NFL's new social justice-focused propaganda. Okay, fair point. Colin Kaepernick, correct. It was also propaganda when he did it. But now he says the NFL is trying to cover up for its own continued racism. See, the thing is, once you made Colin Kaepernick your moral adjudicator, you're in serious trouble, NFL. So why exactly is it propaganda? Because Eric Reed, one of the first players to support Kaepernick's anti-racism kneeling protest, remains unsigned after being let go by the Carolina Panthers back in March. The NFL announced earlier this year that in the wake of massive anti-racism and anti-police brutality protests that took place in nearly every major city, they would set a weekly social justice priority, embrace BLM slogans, and encourage players to take part in demonstrations, service projects, and social justice-focused initiatives, according to Emily Zanotti writing for Daily Wire. None of that matters, said Kaepernick on Sunday, if Reed remains blacklisted. While the NFL runs propaganda about how they care about black life, they are still actively blackballing Eric Reed for fighting for the black community. Eric set two franchise records last year and is one of the best defensive players in the game. So now they're going to have to appoint Colin Kaepernick, the GM of every team. Remember, EA Sports already made him a starting quarterback with franchise potential. So in their video game, Madden 21. Now, every team should just make Colin Kaepernick the actual GM, right? I mean, he's going to hire Eric Reed. 
He played and started all 16 games for the Carolina Panthers last season. He recorded 130 tackles, four sacks. He joined the Panthers a few weeks into the 2018 season. He recorded 71 tackles and an interception in that season, according to, according to Colin Kaepernick. So number one, let me just put this out there. If I were an NFL owner, I would hire Colin Kaepernick immediately. Immediately. And I'd make him my starting quarterback. And I would say something very simple, which is the entire world of media sports has told us that Colin Kaepernick is the most talented player ever to play the game. So I'm making him my starting quarterback. I don't care who else I have on the team. I'm making him my starting quarterback. And I assume he will justify those expectations. And if he gets sacked every down, I'm leaving him in. First of all, you want to restore the ratings of the NFL, do it. Second of all, we all know that Colin Kaepernick is not playing because Colin Kaepernick doesn't actually want to play. But if I were an NFL owner, I am full scale in favor of Colin Kaepernick being able to speak on whatever topic he wants to speak out about and then get sacked because he can't make a secondary read. And as an owner, I'd put my money where my my mouth is. Plus, my ratings would actually spike pretty dramatically. And the, the underlying logic to all of this in the end, whether it is cultural intimidation via your sporting events or whether it is these protests in the streets or whether it is media that wishes to call you a racist if you disagree with their failure to even bother to report facts. The underlying element here, the underlying idea, and and it's employers too. I mean, I can't tell you how many notes I get on a daily basis from people who feel intimidated in their workplace and are deeply afraid to speak out because they're afraid that they will be fired by their employer for having the temerity to question whether America is systemically racist and whether police are systemically evil. The underlying idea here is very obvious. And that is that the, that is that unless you give Democrats power, all of this continues, that you have to surrender. Surrender is the only option. That is the underlying logic here. Some people are being pretty clear about this. Shadi Hamid has a piece over at The Atlantic today called The Democrats May Not Be Able to Concede. If Trump wins, especially after losing the popular vote, the left may draw the wrong conclusions. According to Shadi Hamid, he says a loss by Joe Biden under these circumstances is the worst case, not because Trump will destroy America, he can't, but because it is the social outcome most likely to undermine faith in democracy, resulting in more of the unrest and street battles that cities including Portland, Oregon, and Seattle have seen in recent months. For this reason, strictly law and order Republicans who have responded in dismay to scenes of rioting and looting have an interest in, in Biden winning, even if they could never bring themselves to vote for him. In presidential elections, once is a fluke, twice is a pattern. I struggle to imagine how, beyond utter shock, millions of Democrats will process a Trump victory. A loss for Biden at a time when disillusion is already dangerously high means that things will get really ugly. If Democrats can't beat a candidate as unpopular as Trump during a devastating pandemic and a massive national economic contraction, are they even capable of winning presidential elections anymore? Democracy, after all, is supposed to self-correct after mistakes, particularly mistakes as egregious as electing Donald Trump. Donald Trump. This time it would be worse than in 2016. Because Biden's poll numbers this year have been mostly higher than Clinton's were in 2016, a Trump victory will be even harder for the left to absorb. Until Democrats started panicking recently, overconfidence had set in. The polls offered good reason to think a Trump victory was drifting out of reach. If Trump manages to win, he will likely do so despite losing the popular vote. Liberals have convinced themselves that Republicans are, in one way or another, cheating. And Democrats have a right to be nervous, says Shadi Hamid over at The Atlantic. He says that we may not be, uh, that we may on the, be on the border of, of, of a revolution. He says, a certain kind of cognitive dif- dissonance, the, d- the gap between what is and what should be, can fuel revolutionary sentiments and not in just a fluffy, radical, chic kind of way. In such situations, acting outside the political process, including through non-peaceful means, becomes more attractive, not necessarily out of hope, but out of despair. So in other words, the right should cave to Democrats and elect Democrats so that leftists don't riot. 
Blackmail is not an electoral strategy, nor should it be. It is not an electoral strategy, nor should it be. Okay, the fact that the that and a writer for The Atlantic is now openly acknowledging what we all know to be the case, which is that the Democrats have basically made their case that they are going to allow riots to continue in America's major cities and justify every bad thing that happens on the basis that America is systemically racist unless you elect them. I mean, that is Joe Biden's proposal, is it not? He keeps saying it over and over. Take him at face value. Joe Biden keeps saying over and over and over again that unless you elect him, America's wounds will not be healed. They will remain open and the unrest will continue. Now they're saying the quiet part out loud. If you fall victim to that blackmail, if you decide to humor the blackmail, just understand. Blackmailers never stop blackmailing. They just understand they've got you by the short hairs and they continue to draw you in. So Americans do not bend the knee to movements that don't care about truth or decency. Do not bend the knee to movements that suggest that the only alternative to giving them power is violence in the streets. Don't do it. Pick a side. All right, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. We didn't have a chance even to get to COVID or California wildfires. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. In the meantime, have an excellent day. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pava Wydowski. Our associate producer is Nick Sheehan. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. I go away for one week. One week. And I come back to pedo movies on Hollywood's biggest platform and the town literally on fire. Ash covering my front steps. We have got a lot to catch up on before the well-deserved fire and brimstone takes us all out. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.